Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog and, you know, every once in a while, you might learn something, get educated. Uh, I'm Cyberlink. I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Valero. I'm Game Buddy. And it has been quite the week. There's been a lot of Sonic discussion recently, let's say. Uh, I realize it's going to date the podcast recording a little bit, but oh boy, we are a few weeks out from Origins. There's been a lot more news on Frontiers. and Has there, though? Has there been? <laughs> <laughs> there have been multiple sneak peeks. Let's just put it that way. Like it's, I'm pretty sure it still won't be out by the time we put this episode out, but I am more interested than ever to see literally just what that game is, because <laughs> even after having seen it, I'm still not entirely sure. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I'm not going to join the chorus of people who are microanalyzing every bit to... <laughs> To already completely form an opinion, I... Well, some people are making money on that, you know, so that's their job, is to be hypercritical. I don't have, I don't have YouTube brain, so... (laughs) (laughs) That is not my vice or disease, so... Also, there must be something wrong with my brain, by the way. When I heard, when when Luke said more interested than ever, I heard it as more Idris than Elba, and I was like, wow, where are we at? (laughs) Hey, it is post-Sonic 2 movie world, baby. Bring it on. (laughs) It exists in the world. It certainly does. Speaking of which, I did watch that animated short that came with the uh, digital version of the movie. Oh, yeah, I got to watch that. It's it's cute. It's a little weird that, you know, I get if they couldn't get Idris Elba in the studio, but they really couldn't get Colleen either. Yeah, that is the only thing that stands out is that the only, you know, returning voice from the movies has been Schwartz. And I love Fred Tattashore. He's like one of the greats, but also I couldn't help. And especially after having that conversation with Dave about acting and accents, and I could not help but notice that. In doing an Idris Elba impression, uh, Tadashore is kind of just doing like a generic English posh and is missing that little bit of regional cockney that Idris has. And I'm like, nope, nope, it's not the same. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can tell. Uh, I think most people can sort of tell when it's not Idris Elba because the quality is reduced significantly. Yeah. I mean, again, not bad, but I'm just no. like, like you said, like, Really? Y'all couldn't get get them back in or yeah, but anyway, it is it is fine. It's cute. It it looks really nice cuz it's a fully yeah. animated thing. It's not like a live action mix, but it's cute. It's just yeah, that does stand out as a weird thing, but wow, who would imagined a Sonic property have switching around voices? It's never happened before. No, what? Honestly, I would love to see them do more kind of animated shorts in that style just to kind of fill space between the movies or the Paramount Plus show or whatever. I feel like that's a thing that they could probably do fairly easily, just these little, you know, three or four minute vignettes. I mean, the prequel sort of like filled that kind of role too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The IDW comic that uh, sort of like uh, bridged the gap between the first and second movie. Introduce the concept of Robotnik uh, tripping off the mushrooms on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be cool if they did more of that, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I didn't even think it might be a taste of, like, what that Knuckles show might be like. I forgot about the Knuckles show. 
It was announced. Yeah, yes. still coming next year as far as I know. Okie dokie. Just hope he gets a cloak and starts searching for through the uh, ancient ruins of the Kohenyu and the old burial ground. And that's <laughs> you stop <laughs> that. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's the kind of knuckle story I could get behind. What if it turns out his race is in like some sort of like hologram hidden city that's actually on the island all this time, and they've been living in like an advanced civilization and also Star Trek. Now, see, I was going to I was going to say the <laughs> ghostly visions of some talking triceratops, but you just took it the worst way possible. <laughs> <laughs> what if they give Knuckles in the TV show his hat from the OVA? Fund it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. What if they give him a pet dinosaur? Oh, <laughs> Knuckles guys. Adventures. You were just telling us to stop it, and now he'll you. <laughs> if you guys are going to indulge in sin, so am I. <laughs> well, we can't today. We're talking about a really wholesome topic, I think. Yeah, that's that's true. Although some of it's, some of that wholesomeness comes off a little bit creepy for the time, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. There's also some illicit gambling. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that seems a good opportunity to jump into our main topic for this week, which is Sonic educational games. As we said, we're kind of sort of in a back-to-school phase as we're releasing this episode. Not really. It's a little late. But I you know, I have a weird sort of predilection towards old-school educational games just because that's what I grew up on. I still have a lot of fondness for, you know, your Reader Rabbits, your Humongous Entertainments, yeah. your... Lego Island, oh my god, I can go down a <laughs> rabbit hole on that one. But for whatever reason, I missed out on all of the Sonic educational games, despite being a huge Sonic fan, aside from like some brief moments with one or two of them. So it's it's been interesting to go back and see what I missed and whether or not they were any good. <laughs> Well, the problem was they didn't release them on the Genesis or Mega Drive, so that's true. didn't exactly have the hardware required to appreciate them during the prime time of actually being a child who needs these things. Yeah, there was only one released during that era for a system I owned, and I just, I always saw it in the, you know, Scholastic Book Club little circulars or whatever, but never bothered. Now you say that, but I, true to my word, I did own a Sega Pico that <laughs> when we decided on this topic, I busted out of storage and unfortunately found that it has worn out. And so I was not able to replay some of these these games, but I do have my memories that are locked away. <laughs> if anybody knows a surefire way on how to solder repair the stylus on a Sega Pico, let me know. <laughs> But for today's episode, are you going to take the key and unlock those memories to share with us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I definitely remember playing these, uh, this game, you know, with the, the giant, you know, at least eight to 10 pound Pico on the floor and my head dangerously craned up looking at the television. <laughs> Should we take a moment to explain what the Pico is to anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of important because there's a lot of our listeners who, I guess I can't say the Pico was gone by before they were born because that thing never died in Japan. You got to talk about how popular that thing was in Japan to where it was getting cross-licensed games. Like there is an official Pokemon game. There are multiple official Pokemon games. <laughs> for the that Sega Pico. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, so Jeremy, since you actually owned one, can you fill our audience in on basically what a Pico was? Okay, so the Sega Pico was a it was mainly made for a younger audience uh for with educational video games. It unfolds kind of like a a laptop, but it opens up and it has it's not technically a touchpad. I think the stylus works more with um like a radio signal that tells, you know, the the hardware vaguely where it's pointed. Uh, which is why it's very easy to wear out and break. Um, but yeah, the games are large cartridges that also fold out um, uh, pages like a storybook. Um, and you would like touch things on the pages to like complete the games. But um, I mean, there were tons of games uh, for it that were all like mostly licensed. There are lots of Disney games um, uh, like we're going to talk about. There were a couple of Sonic games on there. Um, it's even like a, an echo, the dolphin game called echo junior that, uh, is only on the Pico. Um, but I found, uh, looking just again, looking to possibly fix my own in the future, uh, found that someone, (laughs) someone has insanely, uh, geniusly created a flash cart for the Pico that lets you pass through and play, uh, Mega Drive games on it because the Pico hardware is based on a Mega Drive. So yeah, there are there is footage of people with, <laughs> you know, this bootleg uh, uh, Pico storybook cartridge with Mega Drive carts just plugged into it upside down, playing like Mortal <laughs> Kombat Two on this children's entertainment system. That is so bizarre. Oh man, you know. I- I, I it, like you said, it was very popular in Japan. They kept manufacturing it uh, for uh, looking at it right now until 2005 is when they finally discontinued the Pico in Japan. Well, um, technically, they discontinued it in 2005 and then they just made a new model of Pico. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Pico Bina, I believe. Oh, yes. I'm called. saying yes. Uh, and uh, goodness that gracious. One, that one, I believe, the last game to be released for that was. I'm seeing 2011, Man. which is wild. Funny enough, Pico Bina sounds like a Pokemon name. So, yeah, I, know, <laughs> I, I think it's supposed. I think it's supposed to be short for Pico Be Natural. Oh, yeah, it's like a like an a like an an Englishy thing that's like, oh, it sounds like Be Natural. Yeah, that Pico Do Be Natural. I think <laughs> Pinto beans. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, I remember it, you know, I haven't really looked up any, any other people's experiences. I remember it worked like pretty okay as far as like, you know, not being a true stylus type thing. Um, I sure do remember playing the hell out of it though. Uh, I remember for the longest time we had, uh, was it Sonic's game world? We had, I think it came with the, the busy world of Richard's scary game and then the 101 Dalmatians like math game. Uh, we held on to the thing for so long that when my youngest sister was born, my grandmother tracked down uh, like a God, like seven or eight more games from a garage sale. And so, yeah, we also have uh, there's a the Lion King, uh, Disney's Pocahontas, uh, Winnie the Pooh. And yeah, the aforementioned Echo Jr. So I have less experience with those. But uh, yeah, I, I, I personally played a lot of Sonic's Game World. I played a Pico, I've only played it twice. I played it once at a friend's house, the same friend who had a Genesis that I would always play Sonic games at. 
I don't remember if he had a Pico or if he was just borrowing it from somebody, but I played Sonic Game World once there. And then the other time was at a cousin's house. They had a Pico with uh, Europe Pooh Corner. And I played that once and that was it. But that one time was all you needed. You're a what corner? <laughs> I know. I wasn't going to say. Sounds like you said Europe Poop Corner. <laughs> a year at Poo Corner. Okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's a long year. It's, it's okay. I bought some laxatives. Uh, anyway. <laughs> da, 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 da. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's important to talk about what the Pico was because... Our first two games on our list are, in fact, Pico games, starting with uh, Tales and the Music Maker. Technically, it was released first in the West, but I believe Sonic's Game World came out first in Japan. Yeah, Tales and the Music Maker, I never had for my personal Pico, but always wanted because, hey, it's another Sonic game. But yeah, looking at it now through uh, uh, videos and just looking at images of the the storyware cartridge... um, and, uh, you know, cross-checking the, the credits, it seems to be like a, it was developed specifically in the, um, uh, you know, in, in America and possibly Europe. It's a company called Novatrade International. I believe they later changed to Appaloosa Interactive. Hey, Appaloosa. They were based in Hungary, I believe. Because it sure does use the adventures design for yep. Tails and Sonic. Uh, Sonic. Yep cameos at the end and that is a that is definitely mr mr mohawk adventure sonic there and so it's kind of it's just kind of surreal to see that version of tails like animated with his own little custom sprites in these sonic ones it's uh they're they're pretty cute i i kind of like it he's not quite as brown but he's still he's uh it's still very much that tails yeah he, he definitely skews a little more orange he's got pink shoes though i don't know if that was a a hardware thing or what? <laughs> yeah, they're like pink purple. <laughs> not the not the blue shoes in some of that that other classic tales arc. Those are his learning shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, like when in Japanese schools where you got to change your shoes when you're inside the school? He's got to wear his yeah. Sandals. Oh yeah. Starts <laughs> by the shoe locker at the right time for learning. <laughs> That's his school uniform. Just <laughs> purple shoes. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like this one is maybe the weakest of all the educational games we're going to talk about, just based on the fact that there's really not a whole lot to it. Like it's a, it's definitely sort of more of a activity center thing like game world is, but there's not a whole lot of education to it. And also the game, there's not a whole lot of game to it either. It's more just kind of toys for you to play with almost. Yeah. Like there's a couple that are more mini gamey, but they're fewer and further between, I think. The games on the first page are you click the frog and then you play a musical chairs-esque game with a bunch of frogs on lily pads. But seemingly all you have to do is just jump and not end up on the orange one that's going to disappear and drop you into the water. And I guess it is kind of cute to hear these uh, royalty-free, like, classical music and nursery <laughs> rhymes on a, uh, you know, a Genesis s- sound chip. But yeah, other than that, it's... And, you know, Pico games are very simple, but some do, like, straight-up control with the the little... Uh, I guess you could call it a D-pad. The four directional buttons and, the you know, the big red button. Like, that's how Echo Jr. controls. Like, you move him around with that and, uh, you know, use that. But... 
yeah, this is, it's very, like you said, you can almost hardly call them games, let alone like full activities that are supposed to have a little bit of education about music. On the frog one for a second, <laughs> while we while it's still in the air, can we just talk about the fact that yeah, obviously frogs falling into water isn't the end of the world, but ta- and tails can swim. But the way it looks like they all they are like gradually eliminated to this this children's <laughs> game is reminiscent of I don't know if you've heard of it, but a certain Netflix show called Squid Game. <laughs> I'm just thinking like tails has oh. signed up to this little thing. It's him or these frogs, and he's got to walk out alive. That's not water. They're floating in. <laughs> Oh, they drop no. under the water and don't pop back up. So That's true. we just, you know, what is the best case scenario here that, oh, they just swam outside of the screen to, you know, reset. But if this is and this is Adventure Tales, he can't swim. So he's, he's basically oh, dead. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I think the what is the the other game on the first one is the weird one where again instead of just using little directional buttons you're choosing at the top of the screen um like various motions for tails to do like there's stop, tiptoe, run and jump. So no, you actually can use the directional buttons for that one, but instead adjust like tail speed. So like you press the forward button once he tiptoes, press it again, he starts running. Oh. And then you can press the big button to jump. But it's either way, it does not control especially well. No. And this is another one that does have, like I said, cute, like chiptune renditions of classic, uh, classical music in between yeah. like yep. every different. But because it's tied to a button press, like it's just jumping between these musical tracks and there's like a lot of dissonance. In <laughs> what is the name of the song that plays during the run section? Oh, no, I, I know the one. Why? Why can I never remember the name? We're very cultured here on the. Uh, yeah. This is, is always green <laughs> podcast. It has nothing to do with culture and everything to do with being incredibly forgetful. Yes. <laughs> sure, that's it. Moments later, I'm downloading their the Google search app, and I'm gonna. Apparently, that lets you search for songs by humming them. More moments later. You, okay, you won't let me do it on desktop. Only on phone? Really? Much, much later. Google, what's this song? According to Wikipedia, a song is a musical composition. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I think I found it, actually. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. From this video that I've been, like, scrolling back and forth through. Oh. With the time what's code. What's the name? What's the name? Uh, uh, Rondo oh, a la Turca. Oh, yes, oh it's it. It's a Mozart. It's a Mozart. It's a Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should, maybe we do include pieces of this in the actual episode. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is good oh content. Boy. Oh boy. <laughs> down. Clearly, I did not learn much from Tales and the Music Maker. Well, at least we educated ourselves <laughs> more than this game did. Yep, I do want to mention one thing about Tales and the Music Maker. Did you want to say anything before I go? Or I think at this point we're done talking about this topic. <laughs> I know. I was going to say m- music maker, more like shrill tone maker to drive your parents insane. <laughs> um, but uh, we would be remiss to finish talking about this game without mentioning the pinball section since we had a whole episode about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did skip over it, but it's yes. like, it's not even good pinball. Like, yeah, it's not. It's like the drain is on the top instead of the bottom and you just get whatever points you hit. And like every bumper or whatever makes a note, but you can't exactly like make music from it. It's just sort of 
bong, bong. Every time you hit something, it's it's it's, it's this it's the same with the there's a little breakout clone where yeah. it's yeah. you're bouncing tails around that is also each block you hit is su- supposedly making a musical tone. But again, like most of them are the same. So it's just, yeah, it doesn't sound good. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> it sort of teaches you what the notes that the notes that you see on it do, but not necessarily like what, what they play on the scales. It's just like you'll see like a couple notes and it'll be like ding ding. And it's like, oh, I guess that's what that means. But aside from that. And it's like, you know, if you re- if you can read sheet music, you'll know like, oh, that's a half note. That's a full note. That's a quarter note. And you hit it, and it's like, no, these are all the exact same length, even though the symbol on them, you know, suggests otherwise. It's, it's weird. Yeah, the only the only little mini game that actually seems to live up to the title is the second to last page, which seems to be like the music maker as described. That uh, has the uh, you know tails is standing on the piano, and you copy um, uh, notes from like twinkle twinkle little star and old mcdonald and stuff like that um but otherwise yeah it's just a a lot of a a lot of noise (laughs) yeah you can you can do the you can play the piano keys like freeform on the last page along with the uh like drawing tool that's there as well but there's probably not like say mario paint um where there's someone who's like figured out how to play you and owen is her (laughs) absolutely not it is not nearly as in depth although i did play i did play the mario theme on the piano just to spite whoever made this Ah, there you go (laughs) some rivalries never die yep we already mentioned that on the last page is like a little uh a drawing page where you can put stamps and draw things and sonic is there uh, and he looks like Adventure Sonic, and that's about it, folks. Pretty much. There you go. <laughs> so Tails yeah. makes music, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. That's it. Uh, it's the much more interesting of the two Sonic Pico games, though, is Sonic's Game World. Hey! Which is surprisingly, I I was briefly entertained. You know, again, these are ultimately at the end of the day, these are games for kids. But I'm like, yeah, no, I, I was a kid. I do not think I would spend much time with Tales of the Music Maker. I would definitely spend a lot of time with Game World. Oh, yeah. Which I believe was developed by Aspect, makers of most of the Sonic Game Gear games. That makes sense. Yep, yep. And uh, it's rather cute, this. Yeah, yeah. it it definitely has that look. Uh, you got some nice big, um, you know, character sprites, and then the little overworld sprites for a lot of the games are these, you know, tiny, cute little chibi, you know, squished characters. Yeah, I like them. It's funny going from like the Adventures Tales to like Japanese classic Sonic and those designs. It's funny though because they do have the Adventures Tales design in like the coloring book on the last page of the American version. Interesting. Probably because um, that page is not in the uh, the Japanese version of the, right. uh, the book. Because there, there are a few differences, localization differences. There is an entire uh, two-page spread removed from the English release because it contained basically like a casino level and all of the little mini games were, you know, gambling-based. And 
you know, I'm not going to spout off like I know, uh, you know, like Japanese history and culture as far as like, I know that's happened in other games like Pokemon and some of the re-releases they they changed like slot machines, whatever. But I I looked at the the games and you do literally like bet rings, like the games ask you to place bets like you are actually gambling. And yeah, I know that would have flown over my head as a kid. Um, Also, they they don't look very fun at all. Like a lot of them, like it's a roulette and it really is like random based on the, you know, the computer. And uh, yeah, it seems I kind of, I kind of get it. Uh, I, I hate that. Like, you know, that's content that was never localized, but also at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this is a, a little weird, <laughs> but yeah, to, to make up for it, kind of, they added a, uh, of the last page in the the English version is a like a free again like you put stamps down you can do like a little MS Paint style drawing, and that's probably why it it all looks like existing Sonic clip art, including a yeah a, a funny looking it almost does seem like someone tried to draw tails only having trying to match it to the Japanese art, but it does uh just kind of look like Adventures Tales. Game World at least has a lot of charm to it. Like there's. A little bit of voice acting for Sonic, Tails, Amy, and Eggman. You've got the little uh, animal buddies wandering around. I feel like it's also cool because, you know, the thing about the Pico was that you had the big touchpad at the bottom you could poke, but you could also literally touch anything on the individual pages of the books and it would interact. And, you know, there really wasn't much difference between if you did it that way in uh, Tales and the Music Maker it makes more sense to push the stuff on the books itself because you get like the fuller kind of picture of everything. Whereas the game world screen just gives you this tiny view where there's not really a whole lot to click on. I know when I was um, playing it through perfectly legal means, um, (laughs) I was definitely using the book as opposed to the uh, little tablet screen. Yeah. All I remember is that um, on the the actual television screen, your character will just be standing there. But like, I think like every five seconds or so, they just keep repeating, what shall we play? Yep. And so, you know, if you're a kid, you're you're looking at the book or just trying to, oh, does this if I click this, you know, the entire time you have your character standing there just <laughs> almost like a, a kid-friendly version of the Sonic tapping his foot. Yeah. Except it's oh, just yeah. <laughs> what shall we play? What shall we play? What, what shall, shall we play? <laughs> what shall we play? What Sonic, please stop. The pressure is too much. Sonic, I don't want to go through your process. <laughs> <laughs> you say that uh, you know i make that joke there really are just like three voice clips for each character and i unfortunately couldn't find any information on who does them like i'm betting the english one was probably just some game devs that they pulled behind a microphone for five minutes i want to say the japanese sonic kind of sounds like his actor from the arcade games but i couldn't tell you for sure but they they are cute. I mean, they belong in the pantheon of, hey, this was a voiced Sonic. <laughs> and he didn't sound like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they all sound very appropriate. Uh, pretty sure it's the first time Amy's had a voice, I think. I oh, no. If you- Outside of Sonic CD itself. Yeah. Because she has the little giggle. <laughs> if you count those. Um but they are funny. I do remember the Dr. Robotnik, the, uh, you know, I lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Imps yelling, I won, has been yeah. <laughs> lodged in my brain for 20-something years. Because when oh I played goodness. it you know, as a kid, the first time, I just immediately skipped to the last page to do the uh, diamond maze. And I had no idea what I was doing. He got all the diamonds. He's like, I won. And it has forever been a symbol of my failure. <laughs> Which It is weird that it is, I think in both manuals, is called the diamond maze. But I mean, they're clearly chaos emeralds. They are clearly yeah. chaos emeralds. They are classic f- flat chaos emeralds. There, there's only five of them, though. Yeah. Oh, well. well That's even go. less than like Sonic 1. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> where does where does Sonic's game world chronologically fall in the Sonic timeline? <laughs> Although you do see Amy and Robotnik holding emeralds on the page. So maybe those yeah. are the remaining ones. I don't know. Uh, there maybe. You go. Sonic stomping after him to beat him up. The important thing is that when I play it again this time, I did actually beat Robotnik. So take that, childhood memories. I'm a grown-ass man. I beat a game for five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the best part about this is we're getting having our grown-up analysis of these games that wasn't meant for children? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for small. I mean, like, it's nothing unusual for us to be talking about things that are meant for children, but this is for babies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, as if it wasn't clear when I, I you know, introduced the Pico, this is for like toddlers literally but i mean they sonic's aim world especially like feels like a proper game it's a little mini game collection but yeah. it is it is it's a lot of fun yeah if anything it reminds me of all the arcade games we like checked out and played during that particular episode and it, it's, yeah. it's got that it's got that very fun feel to it especially with all the little mobini characters hanging around yeah Ooh, mm-hmm. i should note in the credits because there is a credits scene if you beat robotnik in the diamond chase maze thing uh, they are, their names are listed as the Japanese ones, even a Robotnik. Robotnik's Robotnik, Do you, and you've got to beat Doctor Robotnik as they keep telling you throughout the course of the game. And he says, "I will beat you," so you know that yeah. this means business. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else, it's Flicky, Ricky, Pocky, Pecky. You know the names. <laughs> yes, Sanchez. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No Joe Sushi or Sally Acorn yet. Nope. <laughs> Oh, they can't put Sally Acorn on the on this kid's game. She is not appropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's she would be stark naked in this version. I mean, it's bad enough that they put they put gambling games in this in the Japanese version. They put they put Sally in it. Ooh, no, <laughs> think of the children. You know, another thing I think they removed for the English version is on the the second page. Amy is staring at the uh, I think it's the fortune teller in the Japanese oh. version, where you plug in you you know you and your partner's birth dates, and it gives you a compatibility. Yeah. But I don't think that does anything in the English version. So it's yeah, just no. Uh, I'm pretty sure they cut that out. It's just Amy staring at this uh, weird looking object that does nothing. <laughs> Poor Amy. Yeah, I keep forgetting this is actually for two, like two players can play this. Yes, I remember, um, you know, me and my my middle sister, you know, are closer in age and we would play, you know, there are some games where it's two player simultaneously. You just take turns on on buttons. And so, yeah, this is like a full, you know, uh, game you can play with somebody. So which one of you played as Sonic and which one of you played as Eggman and the one where they're just throwing rings at each other? Oh, <laughs> I'm sure I insisted on always being Sonic. <laughs> uh, if I had to wager a guess about seven, seven-year-old me at the time. <laughs> yep, Sonic's Game World. 
it's a game. If they put this out on mobile with like slightly upscaled sprites for $2, I could totally, you know, be okay giving this to a kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't know if they'd learn much, but they'd have a fun little time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the least educational of all the education games that we've uh, had a look at or played. Like as somebody who played a lot of PC activity centers back in the day, this one's totally passable. Yes. But speaking of PC games, the next one on our list, I, I've heard it spoken of in Legend. This is the first time I've ever actually played it for myself, though, after a lot of time spent making sure it would actually work. I think you're the only one of us who went to the effort of trying to play this, because it <laughs> yeah. did not seem like a streamlined process. No, it, it, it was not, and I couldn't even do it all the way. Like, we'll, when we get there, we'll get there, but like, I couldn't get the FMV to work without crashing the game. I do have a vague memory of possibly seeing this in a store once, but I think I've shared it before that I had the Sonic the Screensaver, Sonic and Knuckles collection for PC that for some reason caused our Windows 95 family computer to blue screen and it scared the shit out of oh, me. No. And so I never tried to play it again and also probably, you know, discouraged me from ever getting a Sonic game for the PC. Um, so I also did not have never played this one properly as well. We are, of course, talking about Sonic's Schoolhouse for PC. Oh my. Or as I believe it was marketed, Doom, but for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when I was initially looking at a playthrough of the video uh, earlier this week for it, I, I even made the comment in our little Discord chat, just like, anybody getting Doom vibes from this Sonic Schoolhouse game? <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like I'm in hell. As it turns out, no, but it was built on the very Doom-esque Bloodwings Pumpkinhead's Revenge game engine. <laughs> oh, my favorite part of, of going through this is how there are like sonic jump scares every time you click on a door to another room. Like <laughs> he's uh, he's always in the room with you, you know, saying like, you know, click on me if you need help. But then you click on a door, it opens and he's there behind the door already. <laughs> Look, he moves fast. Yes, exactly. True. And it seems that like more often than not, he's in a spin ball motion and it looks like he's about to take you out for the last time <laughs> so, so my theory on this game is that this did not start as a sonic game but uh, at some i will confirm point... you i will confirm for you right now it did not okay uh, if you <laughs> because... apparently this started out as a different educational game that was retrofitted with sonic relatively late in development and if you dig through the files it shows that originally the host character was going to be a talking clock Huh. Okay, yes. I think I've I think I've seen this before, which makes sense because um uh if you you take a look at a video of this game, you'll uh notice Sonic has a weird voice because there are only two credited actors in this game, a male voice and a female voice, and they all do every character and narration in the game. And I'm bet like you said at the 11th hour they brought, you know, the the lady doing the voices and said, "Please read these lines and say you're Sonic the Hedgehog." And we'll put <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like there might be a little bit of a pitch shifting on it. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. It does sound like I could imagine this coming more out of an anthropomorphic clock than I could Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh... yeah, I, I remember. I think that was the first time I was introduced to this game was clips of how funny Sonic sounds. But seeing it in context, it is obvious that like, OK, like, yeah, they they just slap Sonic over the top of this. <laughs> 
uh, very specifically the Sonic from Sonic Extreme, the canceled Sega Saturn game. Like that Ooh, is that's that true. exact same model. For the people listening, because we have to let people know about the things that we're seeing in the tech, the voice chat or the text chat, that we're seeing a picture of this uh, this unused clock character and. Mm. Uh, Seek it out if you... Actually, no. you know what? Don't seek it out. I, I would <laughs> recommend that you not look at this abomination. You said that. I was expecting, like, TT, the time trial clock. That's exactly what I was racing. <laughs> But no, this looks like your dad's glow-in-the-dark analog clock with eyeballs and platform boots. And <laughs> this is... No. Don't like this. If you really want to see it, you can see it on the Cutting Room Floors article for Sonic Schoolhouse. This game, like you said, it's it's from like a a, a, a Doom esque camera angle. You're walking <laughs> around first person after getting the lowdown from Sonic on how it plays and choosing your animal avatar. Hi there, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. You're going to play in my schoolhouse. If you've ever got a problem, find me and I'll help. Right over there is where you pick a character. Just click on the animal. Try it if you don't believe me. Which boy, we can't even get into all the weird noises they make. I, I mean, those, some of those animals are something. Like I, I choose to believe that a few of them are bootleg versions of Vector Porker and Johnny. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say the video I watched. the The player chose the rabbit. Who you think? Yes. What the only noise I know a rabbit makes is a sound it get uh, is when it's being murdered. Um, and so <laughs> instead of that, they choose to have a very cartoonish. Uh, <laughs> Uh, laughing noise, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's, and you hear it every time you you win at one of the, like when you pass one of these tests, and it's yes, good. And, and <laughs> the whole time, and the whole time, Sonic is you know tutorializing you like you're gonna play in my schoolhouse. No, Sonic, please stop threatening me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm looking at footage now, and I'm just looking at these little CG characters and. I know CG was still like early days back then, but oh yeah, boy. but the, <laughs> the the pig like when you click on him and he just those eyes, I know. man, like oof. I'm just looking at the pig again. Yeah, he it, they breathe and the, but their <laughs> eyes stay stationary as their whole face like morphs around their eyes. Terrifying. These early, early, early 3D games, just like I think the animators had fun making unintentional question mark question mark body horror <laughs> yeah especially with eyes like bulging out and people's faces contorting in these little character animations i love all the weird little tutorial things sonic says like over there is where you pick a character just click on the animal try it if you don't believe me <laughs> yes <laughs> i like how he i like how sonic like, gets into the he gets into like the specifics of just like if your game is running slow switch from pentium to <laughs> <laughs> I like the part with the music where he's like, I like having the music playing, but you're the boss. <laughs> this is where you choose your name. If you're not sure how to do it, ask a grown-up. That's what they're for. <laughs> and only that. <laughs> and only that. I, I will say, the one piece of Sonic music is during the Sega logo at the start, you hear a oh. little tiny bit of the bonus stage from Sonic 3. Yeah, that's it. Everything else is probably the music they were going to use before, I imagine. Yeah. Of course, when I had the option, I played a fourth grade level because I'm smart. Yeah. I'd have to play a first grade level. <laughs> uh, it's okay, Jake. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, eventually. I'll just, you know, I keep working, keep studying, and one day I'll, I'll learn what two plus three is. 
But yeah, as far as like as far as like the gaming content, uh, you know, quote unquote of this game, uh, it's mostly just like matching like pictures to words uh, on like chalkboards. Like you'll you'll see a chalkboard that says the word bat and it's referring to the an animal, and then you have to like run through like five different rooms just to find like a floating picture of a bat, and then like click it and then take it back to that board just to <laughs> place it there. And it's just kind of that ad nauseum. It's also the same with like what num what number comes after four five so you have to run and find the floating five and then or the bouncing five rather because the fives all the numbers have eyeballs and they're all sentient beings that you're trapping in these blackboards same with the letters there is a bit of a banjo kazooie sort of feel about that some of it and honestly some of it is just really slow to do like i played the spelling one first and you know you're spelling six or seven letter words, four, four of them are missing. You have to go and find each letter individually and then fi- go back and find the next letter and then go back and find the next one. And it's, you would think that you would be able to just like get them all and then take them back, but that exposed that would be too easy. And every time, you know, Sonic's like, great start, but you haven't finished the word yet. And it's just, oh, oh so no. annoying. <laughs> And also, the whole time, Robotnik is wandering around the classroom in a big egg mo- like eggmobile that has teeth on it for some reason, <laughs> and just steals your answers, and it's horrifying. Although, uh, before I uh, put my foot in my mouth all the way, I, there's also a couple extra gaming modes <laughs> uh, out in the out in the schoolyard. Yeah. So if you if you clear each room, it will open a, or each blackboard, it will potentially open up a door. And that might take you to another room with more blackboards. But theoretically, you can earn up to six different collectibles from each time you play. Uh, Three Sonic tokens, two school buses, and a key. Uh, The key basically just lets you open a door without answering the question, which never had to use because, again, smart. (laughs) But uh, the Sonic tokens let you go to, like, Basically, outside for recess to do a little mini game. Uh, the only two are uh, like a memory matching game where you click on a question mark and it'll bring up a statue of a Sonic thing. Could be a character like Tails or Knuckles. Could be like a palm tree or a lamppost or a ring. And then just got to match them all. And the higher your difficulty level, the more of them you have to match. The other one is just get a certain number of rings without letting Robotnik or his badniks touch you. And Sonic starts that one off by saying, get ready for a Sonic adventure. And I just slowly <laughs> closed my eyes and shook my head. Slowly to close your eyes and think about what you could be playing instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so technically this is the first Sonic adventure in, in America in game form. I mean, I can't even argue that. <laughs> but that is. I do love that when you're finished with like a little game, though, Sonic will be like, "Did you enjoy the game? Let's go back to school." And it's like, no, <laughs> no, Sonic, stop. No to both. <laughs> Although, you know, what? I I will say, like, if I was a kid playing this, I'd probably be pretty into it. Actually, I could imagine myself like going to the kids' corner of the library and booting this up and be like, "Yes, this is the best game ever." Sonic sounds not cool, but this is still the best game ever. I I don't know if I would have had that same love for it. Like I admit, I love a bunch of things that are bad just because they have Sonic in them. Yes. But <laughs> like I also was playing a lot of educational games at that time, and I'm not sure that you know that one would have held my interest compared to you know I could go and boot up Putt Putt again or something. 
the one other uh, collectible you could get were little school bus tokens that would let you go on a field trip in Sonic's school bus, which just looking at it looks like I'm about to be kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that intentionally or not, this is a very Sonic-like section because he hops in the driver's seat and immediately blasts off at like 90 miles per hour (laughs) in this large yellow school bus. Isn't this school bus kind of like in an enclosed area or anyway, so it couldn't drive off? It's surrounded by fences on all sides. But again, if you look at the school bus, like that does not look in any way, you know, legitimate, let's say. <laughs> it, it does look like the text Sonic School Bus has been written on in hastily. <laughs> um, but I do like to think that maybe like you're getting, because every time you get in this and you, you click on one of Sonic's friends, which is just all the other school kids, I guess, that you could have picked. Uh, then they go. They plays this little video of you going on the field trip, and you're going. And you're driving along this this really fast, but it's like the same route every time. So I like to think that that's not even really what's happening. You're just seeing a little video that he's loaded up. It's like a little simulator. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> you do. Yeah, the 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 buttons you click to get the the educational animal videos are are implying that like this is being rear projected onto the windshield screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so yeah, it's, maybe this is just like a refrigerator box turned on its side that Sonic has made into <laughs> Did you enjoy your field trip, kids? Bus. Back to school! <laughs> Which, let me tell you, this is, you know, I skipped around the uh, the video I watched because, um, like you guys said, the gameplay is very repetitive and, oh man. Uh, but I watched all of these funny little educational animal videos and uh, some of them are pretty fun and some of them are Seem like they might have been recorded at the end of the day when everyone was tired. <laughs> yes. I, I, just, I just listened to the hippo video. There aren't as many of us now because people used to hunt us. Now I'm protected by law. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these focus on, you know, focusing on like the endangered status of a lot of these animals, which I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I remember learning about, uh, you know, uh, gators in Florida being on the endangered list until they weren't. <laughs> And the oh gator boy. specifically has to warn kids to stay away from her and her family. Yep. If you ever see one of us, you be careful and keep your distance. I wouldn't hurt you, understand. But some gators aren't as friendly as me. <laughs> <laughs> and they've all got such beautiful accents. Oh, yes. Especially yes. the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, the kangaroo. Good day, mate. That's how we say hello where I'm from. That's Australia, in case you didn't pick up on the accent. Good day, mate. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we say hello in Australia. (laughs) I'm like, you know, obviously you're going for the cartoony exaggeration. Maybe just turn it up a few notches Yeah, I was about to say, it's not exaggerated enough. (laughs) If you're already doing Crocodile Dundee, et cetera, et cetera, at least commit to the bit, I suppose. (laughs) I will admit, though, I did did actually learn something from the kangaroo video because I did not know that there was... I guess at the time of recording, uh, I think they said over 50 types of kangaroos. I Yeah, different species. Yeah. I did not know that yeah. either. The only the <laughs> only two t- the only uh, types of kangaroos I knew were uh animated and jacked beyond all reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't mention that kakaran kangaroos will uh just like the porcupine will fuck you up. It's true. <laughs> Like, Roger from Tekken was very much based in reality. (laughs) (laughs) While I was watching those animal videos, 
I had a moment of realization that just shook me because the hippo and the rabbit videos use music tracks that were also used in Lego Island. And I did a triple take the moment I realized. Oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> the hippo uses the elevator music from the uh, information center, which apparently was also used in that new Toe Jam and Earl game somewhere. And the rabbit oh, uses Lord. the music from the pepperoni introduction video. And then I listened further and the pig uses that one stock jingle that I've heard in countless games from that era. And I went down a whole rabbit hole trying to figure out where it was. It's the... I have heard that thing in so many like educational games from that time. And it's triggered a primal memory mean i had to track out what is that from and then i find and then i finally found it labeled as cartoon music theme three in the sound ideas 4000 sound library which is a fact i only discovered last night before recording at four in the morning because i couldn't stop thinking about it and trying to store source this stupid thing has been it feels like solving a great mystery that has been plaguing me my entire life which i didn't realize i've been doing so until now so big thanks to sparky the android for helping me track that down luke it can't <laughs> hurt you anymore it cannot hurt you anymore it's no free now i can't escape it <laughs> i'm suddenly realizing why you spent so much time trying to find that russian song this is like a deep sea issue you were you were having a flashback <laughs> well can't say you didn't learn anything through this educational episode. exactly oh my is there anything else that we want to say about sonic's uh quote unquote schoolhouse Click on me it's for weird, help. Man. It's got a ridiculously long credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> somebody poured it into a Doom wide. <laughs> uh, somebody did make a Sonic Roblox 2 level out of it. Oh, that's <laughs> worrying. <laughs> that's worrying. Um, uh, this did inspire uh, a uh, independent game called Baldi's Basics, I believe. Yeah. Uh, a horror game, which took this. Because they looked at this game and were like, that's terrifying. What if we actually made it a scary game? Uh, good idea. <laughs> if you see this, it's like, yeah, that's no valid. I only know what Baldi's Basics is because there are toys in Walmart for it. So I assumed that's... it was like one of the like creepy pasta type mm-hmm. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kids are all the rage about. <laughs> well, you can blame Sonic Schoolhouse for that. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be the last Sonic educational game for close to a decade, I think, until around 2005 when we got a little game called Sonic X for the Leapfrog Leapster. Oh boy, what's the Leapfrog Leapster? precisely it was a system designed specifically for making educational games for wee tiny children (laughs) i remember seeing these in when i briefly worked at a toys r us uh they had a whole uh aisle of edutainment systems and yeah leapfrog they made um i think they started making like the little laptops for children um that would play only like pre-programmed games and sometimes had cartridges to swap out and i remember the leapster is like a a big cumbersome like tablet sized game boy style thing with a couple of buttons and you swap out the cartridges and i do remember seeing copies of sonic x for the leapster and Oh boy, when you sent me this video and I booted it up on YouTube on my television, it sure is like almost a mini episode of the English dub of Sonic X. It's Eggman! Help! 
Sonic, where are you? Did someone call my name? Hey, my friends! You're going down, Eggman! <laughs> Not so fast! You'll have to get by my greatest inventions ever! My wonderful math robots! Sonic, you must defeat those math robots and rescue our friends! You're the only one who can do it! I'm always up for a challenge! Bring it on! You've, you've got the, the voice cast there. It's Jason Griffith as Sonic. It's Susan Goldish as Chris Thorndike. And there's the Mike Pollock as Dr. Eggman. And the scenario is that he is attacking Station Square with a bunch of math robots <laughs> who kidnap Sonic's friends. And he has to travel across Station Square, the Angel Island, and Eggman's base to collect the Chaos Emeralds, including the Master Emerald, to uh, defeat... In two parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to de- defeat the concept of math. <laughs> Finally. I, I mean, Eggman has come up with weirder plans, let's be honest. <laughs> you don't actually have to get the Chaos Emeralds, though. You only get them if you get all the rings in a stage, and if you get all of them plus the Master Emerald, it does absolutely nothing. Oh, cool. Oh, thanks. It's like Sonic awesome. 1, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me I can't turn to Supersonic who knows how to do calculus? Nope. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I'm going to leap away from this game if you know what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact, all of the cutscenes in this game were literally animated in Flash, and I have the SWF files. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. I it still have that, that Google Drive folder you sent me, and someday maybe we'll put this thing together to do something with it but. someday <laughs> it's almost weird having the sonic x voices like animated bespoke animation for them yeah it feels a bit strange there i mean there is obviously lots of like tracing of official sonic x mm. clip art i noticed yeah. several poses that are very familiar um I, I will i'll give this game credit because for what it is it actually looks pretty okay the, the Sonic gameplay sprites seem to be uh, custom, so- like it looks like a lot of Sonic 3, yes. but there's also some Sonic Advance poses and uh, stuff in there. And like the the Tails and Amy, they're just trapped by Eggman and have like a, you know, a victory pose when you release them at the end of the levels. And those look like pretty fully custom. And um, those actually, they look cool. I I, I like those, their, those sprites. Um, and the levels are pretty generic. You know, it, I said it's Station Square, Angel Island, and Eggman's base, but all of that kind of looks like it's ripped out of, like, any other edutainment title <laughs> yeah. at the time. Like, Eggman's base is just like a big red UFO. Yeah, that would be really strange if this was just a reskin of another educational game, but that just seems unlikely, don't you think? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, so this is a reskin of another educational game by the same developer called Numbers on the Run Count on Zero. And there's even still assets from that game, like buried deep in the game's code. And this game would actually later get reskinned into a Go Diego Go educational game. Oh my God. The ride never ends. (laughs) Well. You know, that seems par for the course for this kind of, like, billing it as an educational thing. I'm looking at it, it's got the same sound effects as well, that's so wild. Yep. Better be as oh. frugal as possible. Man. And it just move. like, you can tell because it just moves so slowly, even by, like, 
you know, there's even like little boosters that will send you on preset routes to make it look like you're actually going fast and through loops and stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Mm. Good try, but no. I mean, considering the next Leapster based Sonic game, maybe that's a better alternative. Maybe. I feel like they even just got some of the basics wrong. Like the checkpoints are signposts. And the yes. stage goals are lampposts. That bothered me so much. <laughs> I shouldn't get mm. that mad about this because it just, you know, I'm used to seeing like poor like ROM hack type games where it's still, or just like things where they take like assets from other games. But I, yeah, I shouldn't get this mad, but <laughs> seeing those two mixed up. <laughs> and also the touchscreen mini games they keep making you do are also not very good. Are those like the little things where you get like sucked up by Robotnik's? Yeah, um, with uh, Eggman's Super Sucky Machine. It's Eggman's Super Sucky Machine! Mm. Yeah, of course. That's a great <laughs> thing I wanted to hear Chris Thorndike say. Um, oh. Okay, because every time Sonic would get caught, I would just hear him go, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it was just the extra compression on the voices, but man, Chris sounds like he's up to two packs a day. Yeah. <laughs> And he won't stop bragging about he's a close personal friend of Sonic. I could be Sonic's friend <laughs> if I wanted to. <laughs> Do words really mean anything? <laughs> I think we were talking about this in the pre-show, but uh, the the <laughs> maybe the weirdest aspect is that the math robots talk back to Sonic. Yeah. So every time you pass a mini game, you get to walk by like their sparking, you know, malfunctioning corpse, and they say something like, "I'll get you next time, Sonic." <laughs> You're too cool, Sonic. <laughs> I've been outclassed. Beaten by the math. You're so good at math, Sonic. You're radical. <laughs> oh, there are lots of uh, uh, weird teen anachronisms from Chris whenever you pol- uh, yes. you know pass one of these games. He pops in like, wow, Sonic, that was totally outrageous. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without your help. Yeah. I think he could have actually, to be honest. <laughs> I just think Chris is trying to impress him. This is cool friend, I think. <laughs> got to keep feeding his ego. Like there are proper little mini games where like you're aiming at like uh uh you know, you're solving very simple equations, but also like the ones in the actual levels, it's like what number comes after 10 and then you walk like 2 inches to the left and there's a giant 11 standing in your path. So like <laughs> even then it's like okay, you're barely having to think about these, which yeah. I know Game for little kids, but I mean, come on. Even <laughs> little kids want a little bit of a challenge here. <laughs> I'm curious if this one even made it into the encyclopedia. Oh, gosh. You know what? Uh, give, give me two minutes. I'm going to grab my copy and check. <laughs> no, damn you. <laughs> this is one of those episodes. Already walking away. Uh, I, see a, I see a mention of Schoolhouse, Game World, and Music Maker. I do not see the Leapster games. Slap a big stamp on it. Not canon. (laughs) (laughs) You trying to say that Chris Thorndike isn't Sonic's best and personal friend? (laughs) I would take the Sonic X Archie comics over this thing. Okay, we got to get to this. It's I don't think I even spelled it right in my notes. It's I think it's Digia. We got to get to this game because this thing. This made me feel like I was like about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, so so the Dig was a successor to the Leapster that was supposed to skew a little older. Uh, I've heard that it's actually like you can get uh, emulators running on it really easily if you're into that homebrew scene. But 
it did have an original Sonic the Hedgehog game on it. I, original in quotes. Oh, the <laughs> biggest quotes humanly possible. <laughs> the first thing you see when you boot this game up is the Sonic the Hedgehog logo, but it is specifically the one from Sonic 2006. Man, strap in because you are <laughs> in for a video game. <laughs> what a way to kick it off. This is technically a custom version of Sonic the Hedgehog. I guess mostly Sonic 2 with some Sonic 1 mixed in, but it's all scored with mostly Sonic 3 music. Which I suppose they actually had the rights to use, so... Yeah, which, which again, talking about cognitive dissonance, is you're running through a zone that is called Green Hill, but is also clearly using Emerald Hill assets, and it is using... Um, uh, Mushroom Hill Zone music. <laughs> Little of all the hills for you. Yeah, kind of the kind of the Ur first zone, if you will. And you can you can tell just from watching this that this thing controls like Garbo. Oh, I mean, yes. it still looks more fun than Sonic X. <laughs> I the the way mm, the way that know. Sonic clips through um, item monitors and it, you have to hit like the sweet spot pixel on the top of them makes me think like I would rather be, if I had to play one of these, I would rather play the dumb Sonic X baby game that's not even, you know, trying to look like a Sonic game than this, which just seems like, uh, you mentioned earlier, I remember downloading a whole bunch of like bad Game Factory uh, Sonic fan yep, games yep. when I was young that those look like they play better than this. Like the MS Paint <laughs> Sonic throwing apples at a, a poorly drawn Robotnik looks more coherent <laughs> than this. Like even the uh, like the background textures in Green Hill Zone 1 in, in this Leapfrog game, like it's like tiling. You can see the seams of each background image. Yes. That also made me feel crazy. I thought, is this just the video capture? I'm looking like, no, this game is compressed. There's JPEG jaggies on it. Oh my God. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, we are, and everyone else, uh, we are not the kind of Sonic fans who would just simply judge a game's game's gameplay through videos alone because that what kind of sonic fan would do something like that but uh you can as people who've played these games all like the original classic sonic trilogy a lot you can tell it's not working it's not functioning as it should also i looked up a bunch of videos of people playing this and every one of them said it was garbage (laughs) There are times where you get lost in the tiles and the scenery and they have to restart because Sonic is just spinning within a wall. But it does have an achievement system. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, boy. Yeah, just glancing at the, the Sonic Retro article, there are lots of like bracketed comments like, somebody's going to have to rip this information out of the game someday because nobody <laughs> nobody cares to, to try on this dead <laughs> platform. Uh that, that this is documented for history at all is a miracle. Yeah. It's such a, so many weird choices. Like, you know, level one, like we said, called Green Hill, has Emerald Hill graphics, Mushroom Hill music. Second level, called Emerald Hill, has still Emerald Hill graphics, Mushroom Hill music. It's like, why even? And not, and not even Mushroom Hill Act 2, just the same music. Yeah. Like that, that's a, that's the whole thing is that every like two acts has are completely different zones with the same music between the two. Like levels three and four are Sandopolis and Hydro City Hydrocity, 
and they've both got Sandopolis music and enemies. And it's the worst version of Hydrocity I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember how fun that level was? It looks like they've just made it into a, a, not even a well-designed platformer. You're just having to slog around and find, and there were times when the boy playing it, the person playing it got lost trying to find the next bit that he needed to do. Yeah. And there are arbitrary, uh, like, grammar and math related mini games that uh you uh it seemed like the way you got to them was you jump through the giant rings yeah. which are just lying about yeah. um and man for is is like i said weirdly funny it was to have like the sonic x english cast in the last game all that you have in this one is i'm pretty sure is a text-to-speech woman's voice giving you instructions on these mini games and yep. it's just a little disconcerting. Um. It's very worrying, actually, because there's this there's this emotionless voice like telling you off for telling you off for screwing things up, and you're just like, "That is wrong. Try again. Last chance." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, apparently there's six or seven of those rings in every level, and every time you beat one, you get something called a gadget. But doesn't but I never figured out what they actually were or what they no. were used for because nobody ever bothered in any of the playthroughs I watched to actually look for them. It seems like looking at some information on the the Digi console itself that they might have been tied to the achievement system and gaining like system points that you could have redeemed for like potential downloadable content. I see. But I mean, if it wasn't obvious, this thing was like a super failure. And so all of the online aspects are long shut down and still very, very weird. It all culminates with you fighting on the egg base, which is the death egg zone, by the way. But you can't have death in a, a game for right. small children. The the final level from Sonic 2. Yeah, yeah the, the, the original version of the death egg. And you fight the Death Egg robot, or the Egg Base robot in this case. While the Sonic and Knuckles mini-boss music is playing for some reason. And it's... Uh, they beat it really fast, the person playing this. It did not look very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, then you hit the, when you get when you land the last hit, it just goes, boom, and dies. <laughs> it's like a regular robot. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. They, they, did also, they did also fit in Scrap Brain and Chemical Plant with flying battery music. Yeah. Yes. Of God. course. Oh lord! And all yeah. and like all of these second levels have bosses to them. Like That's true. The Emerald Hill Zone has the Emerald Hill boss. Uh, chemical Plant has the Chemical Plant boss. Hydro City Hydrocity has the Carnival Night boss for some reason. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's just weird. Uh, it it seems uh, we didn't mention at the beginning. The Sonic sprites seem to be like the last one, kind of like a mix of Sonic Three uh, with some Sonic Advance poses, but they just look a hundred times worse in this version. I don't know. I real I realized they were probably on a shoestring budget, but yeah. Uh, oh, certainly. we're not gonna we're not here like dumping on the devs and the people working on this. I know it was probably a lot of work, and they probably working a. Uh, Real having to give, pump this out real fast, and if so, that certainly goes to explain a lot of it. It's just the final product's not very good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I remember seeing this stuff while I worked at Toys R Us, and it was clearly all made to capitalize on like, um, you know, oh, you know, I my, I want my children to be able to play video games, but I want it to be educational, and they just filled that niche for 
uneducated parents who didn't know any better. And so, yeah, I, I hold, hold no ill will towards the people that had to make this stuff, but man, it is obviously like, like you said, crapped out on like the shoestring budget on whatever licenses they could get their hands on for, for parents to disappoint their children. with. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's just all listen to the, uh, end of act theme just to really get a good vibe of what this sounds like because that that was like oh some of the music doesn't sound so bad but that bit in particular is just i don't know if it's like bit crushed or something's going on with it it just there's a weird thing i i feel like could you there's the this the speed shoes power up and i could not tell what was happening to the music in the video I was watching. I couldn't I tell it if like it was... like a sped up Mushroom Hill, but for all the levels. This is my pick for the the capital W worst game out of these, <laughs> from my experience. Because it's, you know, you can forgive, you know, Sonic Schoolhouse and Sonic X and the Pico games because they are not trying to emulate, like, traditional gameplay. <clears throat> this one is trying to be a classic Sonic game, and it it just hurts it hurts my brain it was it was almost like uh uh you know one of those like surreal horror things where all of a sudden you realize something is not how it should be (laughs) and your brain is trying to process like what's going on (laughs) i found this sonic educational game in a garage sale and then oh (laughs) with the with the label peeled off It is funny to see uh, a bad recreation of a classic Sonic game with kind of ear-hurting ear music and uh, just poor physics uh, thrown together. But at least they didn't call this one Sonic the Hedgehog 4. Um, <laughs> yeah. See, I thought you were going for Sonic GBA. <laughs> oh. Oh, my goodness. That's actually a bit closer to what's going on here, to be honest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, unlike those those other two official products, I don't think there's any salvaging Sonic the Hedgehog for the Leapfrog, did you? <laughs> I don't think you should bother, really. More like, did you? No, I didn't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that uh, we didn't do or didn't happen, or that's a segue. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> let's get on to our next game. Yeah, no, just like with uh, our arcade games episode, we've talked a lot about all these games that came out. So now we got to talk about the one we know of that didn't, and that is uh, Sonic's EduSoft for the Master System. Now, what's so soft about it? <laughs> Not much, because <laughs> there are some rough edges on this bad boy. Oh yeah. So my understanding is that US Gold, like an old school game publisher that I don't believe is around anymore, basically they had the rights to port a bunch of Sega games to like microcomputers, like the Amiga and the Commodore. And they basically contracted Teartex, another developer who's... I'm trying to think what else they're known for. I believe they did the uh, James Pond games. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. uh, Whoa, they did a shitload of stuff. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, they basically contracted to be like, hey, we want you guys to work on this educational Sonic game for for Sega. We're going to pitch it to them for the master system because we feel like that is the odd like the system that most of like the current audience has, especially, you know, over here in Europe where we're based. So 
I was about to say they are they were based in Manchester in the UK and Master System Homeland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so they worked on this for a while, but before they could finish, basically Sega ultimately ended up not approving the pitch, and so it got the axe. But years later, sometime in the 2010s, a ROM surfaced just kind of completely out of nowhere. And uh, it's a game. Uh, the most impressive thing about it is that it's a Master System game that actually has like Genesis quality sprites on it. Yeah, I noticed that. It's really weird seeing that when we're used to having Sonic not having a nose in those kind of games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I got to point out right at the top here, it is funny that Sonic, when he's traveling al- along the little overworld, seems to be all of his sprites are based on the idle animation from Sonic 1. And so you have this very pissed off looking Sonic just trotting yeah. around these various little math mini games. And I'm like, really? I guess that's the only sprite they had to reference like a semi forward facing Sonic at the time, but it is very funny. Yeah. It's, the, it's the best part of this game. Is it, that it's all... it really fits that he's having to go around and play all these educational games in Green Hill Zone when he could be having a good time. But he's, yeah, I'd, I'd be the same way, Sonic. Even when he's flying his novelty helicopter <laughs> around, he is just looks like he's not having a good time. I know, yeah. I wanted to say he always looks like he's like pretty annoyed at the entire situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, wouldn't you be if you were stuck in a bad educational game? I would be particularly annoyed if I had to play a, a matching or spelling game where I had to answer like five to ten questions just to get to a picnic table full of food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that that little transition. <laughs> like it's it's so strange. Like all of them are kind of based around the same core mini game of you've got a little grid of potential answers around you. You point to them, and Sonic moves a little bit forward against an enemy he's racing like a motobug you just gotta keep doing these games where he inches forward a little bit with every correct answer there's even an animation of him instead of just moving forward a little bit he runs all the way to the end and then runs back yeah it's like that's he does a little lap almost and it's, it just <laughs> takes more time <laughs> it, it, it's so strange and apparently you know every time you win you get like a little star and you have to get a certain number to move on like use the helicopter to move on to the next zone. And it just kind of goes on like that for a while. And it's, I'm kind of understanding why this one got passed over. Cause it's not very good. No, and I, you know, I realize you know, it's an unfinished game still in production, but I don't think the hook would have, you know, hooked anybody. No, e- even looking at the little mini games that involve like, a trampoline, uh, uh, what is it? A balloon? Like that—that's where the video I was watching, uh, uh, the gameplay ended, where the person obviously couldn't figure out how to work this broken mini game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, "Well, okay, that's it." <laughs> oh man! Uh, they ha- also have to point out the the Green Hill uh, running a mini game where you're you're hopping over obstacles that <laughs> if you. You trip over one of the pieces of trash in your way. Sonic just <laughs> flies forward onto his face and just eats. <laughs> like oh, the, like the, he doesn't lose any rings. It's just flat on his face and slides a few feet. It is absolutely hilarious. Oh, it's the Sonic shorts before. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the very first Sonic short. We've all been ripping off Sonic's Edgesoft and we didn't even know it. <laughs> 
Oh, I think I saw somebody on Twitter just posted a compilation with some of that new Frontiers footage where Sonic gets knocked away on his face and just added like the various times Sonic has just been slapped right to the ground <laughs> face first. Uh, so add it to the list. Yeah, it's it's cool that, you know, this exists in a playable state and we can try it. I'm just not sure I want to. Yeah. I did get sick of it pretty fast, to be honest. I did try to see if I could beat it, but I think it just sort of stops at one point. That There's nowhere else to go. It, the ending has not been coded, so it just you kind of run out of uh, stuff to do before it finishes. There's only so many times I can beat a small motorbug orb, a Mobini called Sega, and I have the massive letters <laughs> saying loser right next to them, <laughs> them before it gets a tiny bit old. But I love massive letters that are still clearly in lower cases. <laughs> there's anything I've learned today is that the most educational Sonic worth your while is just a compilation of the Sonic Says <laughs> segments from adventures. You're bound to learn something from oh, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the, uh, I see after Sonic Edgesoft, uh, Sonic clearly understandably pissed the whole time. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go and teach my own class. That'll show those kids. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I have to go through this, everyone else does. And they're never allowed to leave. Come on, get on my school bus. That goes nowhere. I'm going to break the, <laughs> I'm going to break the governor off the school bus. I'm going to go 105 miles an hour. <laughs> so at the end of all these educational games, uh, I wanted to ask two questions of y'all one is just a quick funny one uh and then the second one is a it'll be a good little thinky one for us to kind of end the episode on so the first one is is it possible that this episode of the hill is always greener is possibly our most negative episode of the show i was just (laughs) thinking that like we tried to be positive on here but we just had we had to literally do a bunch of homework before this episode yeah yeah Yeah, I I did talk about how much I how all the good memories I have associated with Sonic's game That's world true. and how it's it's it is worth looking it, it is worth checking out because the uh it it is definitely the most complete game of all of mm-hmm. these. It's got some really cute art and some cute little mini games and everything else is just it exists. <laughs> and you learn that Sonic is a hedgehog. Thanks. Wow. Johnny Lightfoot slash whatever your name is in Japanese again. Pocky. Probably. <laughs> it's some sort of P-E name. Anyway, moving on. It's not Cucky. Oh, no. No, not our boy Cucky, who is represented <laughs> in there. <laughs> uh, so the second question I wanted to ask is, out of all the games we talked about today, which one of these... And you know what? I'm going to make this hard. I'm going to exclude Sonic's Game World. <laughs> which which of these no, uh, no. Which of these games would you... Would you I, I don't want to say make, but which one would you like for your future child or children to play? Which one of these, not including Sonic's Game World? Oh, boy. <laughs> <sighs> like, this is entirely to, hypothetical on my case. <laughs> Put in a time capsule, yeah, for some future child, mine or otherwise. Gosh, that is really hard. I'm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess be- only because. Um, uh, what what did you say earlier, Luke? That the Pico games lend themselves to po- somehow being adapted to a touch screen. I guess I would have to default to Tales and the Music Maker. Because otherwise, you know, talking about how hard it was for you to get Sonic School, uh, you know, Schoolhouse running on any kind of machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess, yes, I'm going to have to default to Tales and the Music Maker because it's the least 
frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt they'll learn much, but at least they'll be able to do draw at the end, I guess. I'm going to go with Schoolhouse just because that's the only one of those five games that I actually know somebody who played back in the day and they turned out okay. <laughs> so there's not enough data on, there's not enough data on the other games, so I can't, you know, willingly subject someone to that without knowing the potential effects on somebody. <laughs> Uh, did they we- turn out to be a Sonic fan is the important question. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm n- not so sure now. <laughs> um, well, we, we, can't, we can't interview anyone who played the Leapster games because they're all in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Driven to the edge. <laughs> uh, I would have to, I'd have to agree with Luke, and I, I would want my future child or children to play Sonic Schoolhouse because... First of all, it's the only game out of all these where I actually legitimately learned something. And second of all, okay. the, the 3D night terrors just seem so fun. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, sonic I'm, jump scares. You've got to tra- traumatize your kids. Someday we'll, act- we'll mod the game to put Jeremy's voice into it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, the four of us will all do different voices for all the characters. Uh, yes, can we can we fix the the limitations put on the original and have more than two voices? <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna straight up do the same voice for the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all do our bad Australian yes. accent for yes. all of the dialogue. <laughs> Good day, mate. That is how we. <laughs> uh, Chris, if you if you had to pick one of these games, which one would it be? Uh, in the entirely hypothetical scenario where I had a yes. child. Uh, poor thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to, but I guess... Mm, I guess Sonic Schoolhouse wouldn't require me to buy an actual Pico. <laughs> like, I, think it, I think it's the only one which I was just like, this is bad, but I kind of enjoy it in a way. You know? Yeah. Well, hopefully they they can get the get it running better on whatever like holographic future <laughs> mist based computer. Uh, well, thank you for entertaining that question, everybody. <laughs> no, thank you for coming. <laughs> so I believe that's that's probably a good place to wrap up this episode, don't you think, fellas? Boy, yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lot, including how much that I wish I hadn't learned. <laughs> Well, I'm glad, like I said, I remember seeing the Leapster games when I was working at Toys R Us, and I'm glad that I did not slap down my hard-earned minimum wage money to buy one just for the novelty of it. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad I avoided that. So thank you for this episode for vindicating (laughs) past me. I don't think we even had, did we have those over here? If I did, I never saw one and had no interest. So it's, I mean, if I... I think the Pico came up in Sonic the Comic, and that would have been the entirety of my knowledge about it at that time. When the Leapster games would have come out, I was well beyond the age where I would have even given oh, a yeah. second glance. <laughs> I think a couple of my younger cousins, when they were like little kids, had like a Leapster or a Leapfrog or something like that. But I don't think I don't think I ever saw them ever playing a Sonic-based game. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been the cousin just watching over the shoulders, like you're doing it wrong. No, you're supposed to jump there. <laughs> <laughs> No, what? That's an end. That's an end thing, not a lamppost. What is? What is? What is going on here? Is that Chris Thorndike in a Sonic game? Jesus. <laughs> on that note, school's out, everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. thank goodness! This really does feel like the end of school. I'm happy to put this. Bar- no, it wasn't the worst time.
but we did have to play educational games. I was happy to learn about these things it, for even as weird as they are. I'm always down to learn new things about these sordid history of Sonic. The <laughs> oh, definitely. Yep. But until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at RockTheJake. You can find me at all sorts of social media at Falero. What's the jingle? Oh no, I didn't do the jingle! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, all of this has broken my brain, apparently. That's F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O. Da-da-da-da. And I'm on Twitter at uh, Great Job Jeremy. That's G-R and the number eight. Special thanks, as always, to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And if you do like this podcast, please make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff, because it does help us to get the word out and to hopefully expand the show. We love doing the show, but we'd also love people to listen yes. to it a little bit. And all <laughs> it helps us yeah. to know that when we when we rightfully trudge through educational games like this, people are listening and enjoying themselves. <laughs> yeah, at least, one, at least someone could be. We need to know that our suffering is worth it in at least some respect. <laughs> but as for next time, Chris, did you have something in mind? No. Oh, no, no, I did. Uh, sorry. Apparently all of this has completely destroyed my mental process. I thought that was a joke. Uh, no, you know. You thought this would help me uh, actually focus, but no. So, okay, next episode, everyone, we are going to tackle a puzzled game. That's right. Well, we're not we're talking about puzzle games. We're not, like, going out for a whole list of puzzle games. No, no, no. We've learned our lesson about covering a whole genre of games in one episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to... No, uh, we haven't. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to be doing is... Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of this little thing called Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It was a fun little puzzle game, completely bespoke, original game made around Dr. <laughs> Robotnik. Uh, a great little match four game that just happened to be a complete reskin of Puyo Puyo. One of many. And uh, I am excited to talk about this because it is like the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog game. Almost. Except for there's no Sonic, there's Robotnik's there, and there's lots of beans. Ooh. So, um... Come along and join us as we deep dive into that wild and wacky experience that just happens to be taken off a Japanese title that was never released in the West, at least not for a long time until they crossed it over with Tetris, but we'll get to that too next time. Don't miss it! It's a deep rabbit hole, the Sonic Puyo Puyo connection, and I'm looking forward to really giving it its due. <laughs> I love all these rabbit holes we go down. Yep. <laughs> 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 Uh, you think uh, there would be hedgehog holes? They have burrows, do they? They do. What, what would we call it? We should probably come up with our own one. Just not hog hole. Well, they've got a... <laughs> that's how they live behind the fast food restaurant. <laughs> they eat scraps. That's true. <laughs> but until then, I'm Cyberlink. I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Falero. And I'm Game Buddy. And, well... If I never see you again, Tails, this is how I'll always remember you. As a little two-tailed dimwit who's always whingy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a line I've always wanted to hear you say. Uh, <laughs> oh, vindication man. at last. He's just a little bit dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pixel <laughs> 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 <laughs>